we've just been looking at a man who ate a scorpion and mm. then went into anaphylaxis and was surprised. You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain. With none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. <laughs> Got an EpiPen. Couldn't believe it, could he? Spent the night in hospital. I mean, don't eat a scorpion is the lesson, really. Should Speaking we, of which... Should we talk about why we're talking about that? Why not to eat a scorpion? Well, actually... Why are we talking about anaphylaxis? Because we were going to discuss allergies, but in particular, <laughs> my oyster allergy, or shellfish. I'm on my way to Thailand, where they flipping love oyster sauce. So you have asked me, how did you get your EpiPen? Because I have a nut allergy, for those of you who don't know. To which I replied, well, I went to an allergy clinic. They diagnosed me as having a nut allergy, and then I was given an EpiPen. And Yusuf's trying to acquire an EpiPen. Online, through like one of these online pharmacy websites where they just have a, a doctor in the back room that just blanket writes out prescriptions for people. So, I think there's a real risk that you'll, you'll get trafficked when you go to Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's a legitimate risk. You'll have to come and help me if that happens. I'll um, you know, ring them and... Bring an EpiPen, because if the traffickers <laughs> feed me oyster sauce... Bring an EpiPen. <laughs> bring two, because you're allergic to peanuts, so... What if I have a nut reaction? I mean, what if they make us a pad thai, the traffickers? Oh, have oyster sauce <laughs> and, and peanuts. And we'll both be anaphylactic and they won't know what to do. Unless they're medically trained traffickers. So I heard something recently, which was that one EpiPen isn't enough. Oh. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. £47.99 on a... Have you just spent... Have you just done that? No. All right, okay. But um, you, if you only get one, then... Well, so I, I have two. But, like, it does... Uh, when you think about it, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because someone who's 50 kilos mm. receives the same medicine as someone who's 100 kilos. True. And the medicine's, like, pretty important, isn't it? I also feel like when they say, oh, take some chloramphenamine or some pyroton in case you have a peanut reaction that's kind of like saying oh you've you've just blown up your car set it on fire but here's some sellotape yeah like yeah to me it seems like such a oh i'll just take a little hay fever tablet and it'll be okay well so as i understand it going into anaphylactic shock is a pretty quick thing oh is this snake venom yeah i think it is quite a quick thing i mean taking a Pyroton, how long is that? If you, especially if you've just eaten the pad thai. You've got to go find the Pyroton. Oh. And, and catch it for, And then tree. wait for it to digest. And... Awful. So what we're looking at, and we'll include the link in the show notes, is snake venom turning human blood into jelly. So it, that was a drop of it. And I've it, seen this before. Oh, yeah. It's a really strong coagulant to the point where that's what happens to your blood. It's dead. So that, oh. How would you die? You'd get... Um, pulmonary embolism and a heart attack. Cause, so you would get, basically, clots of blood lodging into organs. So if it goes into brain, lungs, or heart, then it's instant death. Well, I mean, one... one that happened pretty quickly, One that, that big would definitely... Yeah, so what, what we're seeing, if you are not looking at the show notes over at propanefitness.com... Propanefitness.com. Um, then it's just a guy injecting a bit of snake venom into a glass of blood. And it goes from liquid to fully solid jelly in seconds. Well, the Pretty whole terrifying. video was 41 seconds long. And there was a good bit of... There was a little bit of preamble, wasn't good there? Good bit of preamble. A bit of foreplay. I mean, and then he just... 
I mean, the, the, so it's 20 seconds. It's at, less than 20 seconds. At 25 seconds, he injects it, and then he's swir- swirling it around. It's looking more sorbet at this stage. And it's jelly. Although there was a... A, a jump cut. Yeah. So was there any editing involved? We don't know, but either way... It certainly wasn't recorded live, was it? <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a Facebook Live, no. Goodness me. So the lesson there, I suppose, is go to the allergy clinic, if you think of an allergy, and don't, or as, I suppose as much as is practical, don't get bitten by a snake. I'll do my best. So we wanted to talk about allergies because Johnny and I have medically recognised legit allergies, as does Joe. She is a celiac, and she wrote an article. <laughs> she wrote an article about this because she was pissed off at how, well, simultaneously pissed off and happy that the celiac movement or the, the gluten-free movement has pushed forward a lot of gluten-free foods, but the demand is taken up by people who aren't actually celiac and just think that they're a bit sensitive to gluten, mm. um, which worsens it. It makes the actual celiac people less credible. Because people just think you're a fussy hipster eater. And so they'll give you things that have got a little bit of gluten in because, ah, it's fine. Like, they're just fussy. Or if you, like, eat gluten sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Like, people who are like, oh, I'll have a pizza tonight, but I better, you know, (laughs) next week I won't have any gluten. Oh, awful. So I, I used to live with a girl who, hi Kate, if you're listening, who thought that she was gluten intolerant. And would avoid gluten all month, and then once a month she would have a wheat day, where wheat day where she hammered the gluten. So she would have loads of bread and pasta and kebabs and everything, and then she was really bloated, really upset for the next three four days, and then back to normal again. Now we did the same thing. Yeah, we did. And, not for the same reasons. And what what happens there is not that she was gluten intolerant, but more that she engineered one in herself by taking it out of a diet and then reintroducing it artificially in very high amounts, just <laughs> super loading it once a month. So do you understand the process that goes on there? Is there an enzyme that you no longer produce? With, with lactose, I know that's the case. I, I don't know whether you have a specific enzyme for gluten, but in, in any case, the process will be similar in that you, yeah, you, you downregulate your ability to process something because, because there's no need. You completely removed it and then you pound it. If any of you have ever done a low carb diet, you'll have the same thing where you go zero carb for a long time, reintroduce carbs with a big refeed and you're so sensitive to them in that you feel full and vascular and really happy. You get the big serotonin rush. And if it's bread, for example, you might get really bloated as well. Sleepy as well. Sleepy. Really sleepy. Um, and it becomes, it almost has like drug-like effects. Mm. So it's a strong thing. Carbohydrate. Powerful. Hell of Powerful a drug. thing. Yeah. Um, Not that we'd recommend cyclical low carb diets. I think they're, they're fun to see how powerful carbs as a drug can be, but... You're just messing around with... Yeah, it's just you, playing, you, isn't it? Yeah, like, I think it, there's no... There's certainly no requirement. My I have an allergy... sent me an article yesterday saying that... My mum? My mum. Good. <laughs> <laughs> saying uh, low-carb diets can cause... Can increase the risk of heart failure by 33%. Wow. Heart failure... Yeah, which is one of the conditions that sounds worse than it is. I mean, it's bad, <laughs> but heart failure implies like heart stops. Terminal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's 
it's like the inability of the heart muscle to do its job and pump the blood around the body. Is that not the same thing? <laughs> it is, but it's more it's more of a chronic so it's condition. Right. Irrelevant. Tre- treatable. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, who is frequently on the podcast, for a time was misusing chronic and severe. Is that right? He was using yeah, using yeah. the word chronic to mean severe mm. and saying irrelevant of when he meant irrespective of yeah and then he changed it to irregardless of <laughs> we were like no chris and now we're just and he, he said publicly it, and taking the piss like, out of him he was like well, well, uh, irregardless of and then oh. looked at me nodding i'm like oh no, no chris. <laughs> made it worse <laughs> i have an allergy to um the apple shop now oh so Di- tell, tell diagnosed happened, diagnosed allergy um so I drop my phone as you do. And so I'm I'm quite I'm a I'm a big proponent of not having a case on my phone because I think it looks nicer. Well, exactly. So we're sat here, Yusuf has so that's what they say about circumcision as well, and I, I disagree with that. <laughs> so Yusuf has a, a miniature Bible wrapped wrapped around his phone just in case he drops it. But see how much more bulky it makes it. Yeah, well, because you've also got, got a five taped s- mouth. <laughs> we'll have to explain that in a second as well. <laughs> Do you get that? Is that a daily reminder? Yeah. That says tape mouth. Tape mouth. I just want to make sure everyone says it. Continue listening to find out why. Why, yeah. But first. But first, here's a <laughs> message from our sponsors. Um, so, yeah, so I dropped my phone. And I'm. Is that a little magnetic? piece there yeah that's so that it goes on your map doesn't it in the car yep so um hacks so you suppose a 5c which is is that right is that what's 5s 5s yeah what's a 5c that's the cheap version the shit one yeah so you have got 5se which is a, an iphone 5 case with an iphone 6 internals i think so so it's, it's a high, higher performance iphone 5 because he likes a smaller phone and the irony of it is that he likes a smaller phone and then he puts a little Bible around it. It's, it called, a, it it's called a book book. Several times the thickness. Um, but if you drop your phone, it'll probably be fine. So I've dropped it multiple times, whereas you dropped it once. once. And it was catastrophic. So I've, I have dropped it a couple of times, never as badly as this. Okay. So I was on the phone. I had been drinking. To, in, oh, so you must have been smart. Well, yeah. So I was on a stag do in Dublin and was on the phone to somebody because I was lost in Dublin and was trying to get them to share their location with me over... So you know, you know when you speak to someone on the phone who isn't immediately aware of, like, the functions of Apple? So I was like, oh. we share, share your location. No, no, press the I. Yeah, drop down, share location. No, no, share for one hour or yeah. one day. Yeah. Oh, which one? It, oh. So they shared right, it over, over, over Facebook. They shared it over Snapchat. Oh. WhatsApp, but not iMessage. So anyway, so I was having this conversation with them because I was lost in Dublin. And while I was sort of rearranging the phone in my hand, you know, when you've been on the phone for a while, rearranging it in my hand, it slipped a bit. And you have that visceral reaction of like, no, 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 no. Because I knew if I drop it from the height. From ear height. From ear height down, it's gone. And you're, you've got long legs. I'm 12 so. foot. So <laughs> it starts to slip. You start to sort of like fumble for it. And grab at it, and in, in doing process, so, you end up like properly. Well, in, in doing so, I ended up basically the... throwing it on the floor. Oh no! Um, and there's it's face down, lying on the Dublin ground, 
And, <laughs> and um, there's the moment of turning it back over again. And it was shattered. Like, it wasn't just a hairline crack. Like, it was... I thought, that's not even going to be usable. Thankfully, because Apple make really good hardware, it was. I was still able to use it. And uh, to get your boarding pass, which was on your phone. Uh, so, yeah. So... That it just required a bit of like, you know, I'm sorry for the mess of my phone, but it still worked, which is brilliant. So in pass, Passbook, Passport, whatever it's called, yeah, um, I was still able to scan my boarding pass to get home. And when I got home, I then realised that it's 150 or 145 pounds to get a new screen. And I went into anaphylactic shock, obviously. Horrible. <laughs> so why, why... Do you think there is an increased belief, an increase in the number of people who believe that they have an allergy? So uh, to the, gluten, lactose, to Haribo, whatever. It's a good point. So, so I think there's there's two. It's a twofold thing. We have to we have to extricate these. So the first one is that the general prevalence of allergies has gone up over the last fifty to hundred years. Part of that is because we are living in more um, sanitized environments where the exposure to potential allergens early on means that we don't have um, we don't put up our defenses as much. Allergies tend to be more prevalent in Western cultures again, where there's more sanitation. So that could be one reason. Um, there are also some you know, there's more environmental triggers, more occupational triggers, things like asthma, atopy, eczema. Um, and there's also, so, so there's those kind of things. Um, some allergies are triggered by emotion as well. Um, but That's crazy. It is, yeah. So you can have an asthma attack from intense emotion. Even if you don't have asthma? Well, no, I think you'd have to have asthma. Oh, right. So, <laughs> um, but uh, the other, so, so that, that's, that's the medical increase in, in actual recognised allergies. Now, there is also the other wing of people that think they have allergies, the psychosomatic um, allergies, the, or, or, you know, so the, the supposedly the gluten intolerance, the lactose intolerance and those kind of things. And the problem is we confirm it by doing an elimination diet and then reintroducing it in large amounts, sensitizing ourselves to that allergen and then getting a negative reaction and being like, oh, see, so I, you. I think that's actually the elite subset of, so I think they're called the worried well. Right, yeah. In, like, macroeconomic terms, when we're talking about healthcare for the nation, the worried well are people who use NHS resources and time without actually having any need to because because of a belief or a worry about something. Mm -hmm. I think amongst that population, within the allergy subset, the people who go through the effort of going through an elimination diet are the people who are, like, I think convinced and quite well informed about the situation. So, like, not only is it... It's, I have a gluten intolerance. I'm going to run a test to sit to confirm that I have a gluten intolerance. That's, that's a really good point. So there's a, there's a selection bias in the people who finally come out the other <clears> end <throat> saying that they are intolerant to something. Because when you see someone who gets to that point, you are only experiencing or you're only seeing the people who not only thought they had an intolerance, but were willing to go to the length of uh. like months of elimination diet to prove to themselves and everyone else that they have an intolerance. And... I look on this pretty negatively. I think it's the same as um, the people who, like, everyone knows someone who became a vegan and won't shut up about it. And that's the, <laughs> you know, or, and like, 
it's fine, but it becomes a mode of identification, a way to uh, categorize yourself as, as, you know, oh, I am a liberal, I am a conservative, mm. I am a vegan, I am a lactose intolerant person. Like, it's a, it, rather than, it's, a, it's almost like a substitute for having a personality. Um, <laughs> well, because people who aren't vegan don't wear this badge saying, I'm not vegan. I'm they, a carnivore. They just don't care, do they, do they just get on with it. And there are vegans who don't shout mm-hmm. about it. But well, there are people. Who, there are also people who are intolerant of stuff that don't shout. They just get on with it, and so you might have someone that is lactose intolerant, but you know they just they'll just avoid it in general, or they'll be like, "Ah, oh, it doesn't agree with me," and then mm. leave it there. But mm-hmm. it, what? So, so my concern. So, just if you're listening and you are genuinely intolerant to any of these things, and you you get a, an actual recognizable reaction, then I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the people that turn it into this narrative for the sake of being quirky and being a bit different. And I think that's what really pissed Joe off, the the legit celiac, because it makes her <laughs> look like one of those people. People who, who have only just decided they have a gluten intolerance because someone's told them that they might have one. At the age of 30. Like, that's having not... Having eaten bread all yeah, their life. Yeah, that's, that's not a gluten intolerance. That's uh, so some nutritional marketing. Is what that is. Very clever nutritional marketing. So, so, we, so, sorry. So, yeah. So, in that subset, there are people who, like, there's the people who have that are that are intolerant to gluten, labelled as people who actually have a gluten intolerance, celiac. They're they're to one side. People who think they do but they don't. Yep. People who think they do t- and test whether they do. And the test is broken. The test is flawed <laughs> inherently. And then there's the people who are just told by somebody you have a gluten intolerance and instantly make the lifestyle decision. Of right, well, I'm not going to eat gluten. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no test involved in that whatsoever. Because if you stop eating gluten and something happens, you you aren't even measuring. Well, you don't even know what you're trying to measure or test. So the, again, another thing with with gluten particularly. Of I stopped eating, but but guys, I stopped eating gluten and I lost loads of weight and I felt really better. Okay, so you stopped eating gluten. You stopped eating donuts and pastries and cake and pizza, breakfast cereals and pizza bread. And, and bread, and you lost weight. <laughs> so what's happening there is you took out a fundamental um, foundation of a lot of food types, quite naughty food types. As a result, you ate less calories. As a result, you lost some weight. Most gluten is combined in conventional food is combined with salt and fat. Mm-hmm. So it's a very high carb, high salt, high fat meal. Fat, sorry, salt reduces your, or it prolongs your ability to feel full from eating fat. Prolongs your ability. So, so if you eat salt with food, it takes you have to eat more fat to feel satiated than if it didn't have salt in. So, so you said <laughs> prolongs your ability to feel full from eating fat. Yeah. So I'm thinking I have a tablespoon of butter. Mm-hmm. With loads of salt, and I'm full for hours. No, sorry. So it prolongs your ability to feel full. So it. yeah, got it. So something like garlic bread, pasta, pizza, donuts. Go on. No, sorry. Well, no, I, go on. I, I was just, yeah, I was thinking prolongs was the wrong word. I I should have said prolongs the time to it, it, to, it, to, to it time. delays time to fullness. Fine, it's bad. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it'll cause you to overeat. So if overeating is not your goal, like most people, then. And it, like Italian restaurants know this, don't they? Oh, like there's a good reason why they smother things in fat, garlic. I don't know what's going and salt. on? I'm trying to do a pizza review here. <laughs> we'll include that video as well. Yeah, that's a good it's video. a guy trying to do a pizza review in the middle of New York, 
and he start. It's a five minute video, and he's just getting constantly interrupted <laughs> by weirdos in the yeah. street. By loads of like really weird situations as well. It's a brilliant <laughs> video. Hello, Johnny here. Just a short interruption to this episode. I know what you're thinking. This show was brought to you by none of that. Trust me. We have something completely free, something to give you today. So we're aware that you guys who've been listening to our podcast, you've heard before us talk about the show notes and other places to go to download things from propanefitness.com. But we want to give those of you who listen to our podcast something completely different, something completely unique that we don't provide anywhere else. So we want to give you something that is actually a membership area or a membership portal where we have loads of free goodies, some downloads, some things to watch, some trainings, and some free presentations that we want to give you all bundled together completely free. All you have to do is go to propinfitness.com forward slash gift. There's no email opt-in. There's no enter your email and receive this. It's completely obligation-free. You just enter your email, enter your username rather, and your password, and then you'll be sent login details. So completely free. In there, we have some training on the 3i formula. That's the framework that we use with all of our coaching students and loads of other free goodies. So that's propinfitness.com forward slash gift. Head over there now. Pick up your free training and we hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode and we'll speak soon. Yeah, so in other words, I think it's a it's a it's something so what it represents to me is wanting the locus of control to be external. Like mm-hmm. it's not me, it's not because I am not I have an ill an inability to or a lack of desire to control my intake. It's the gluten. Mm-hmm. It's the lactose. It's the sugar, it's the sweeteners, which you know all of these things are the, they're, they're at fault, and that's been the case in you know for, for decades, hasn't it, in, mm. in nutritional history? So I suppose if you want to if you want to eliminate gluten or any of these things, I would honestly I would go and get some kind of allergy test. Firstly, yeah, but even then, so people. I think whenever whenever I hear someone talk about something like this, so we're talk, we're negatively saying we're talking about people who do this in a negative way. I have, and we've both tested these things quite extensively. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, it's not we're not talking about this from a place of having never tried it and thought, "Wow, that's stupid." Like we've we've been there trying every elimination diet and stupid fad and everything that you could have thought of. So I I paid for a an online allergy test where they test a small sample of blood and it came back saying like obviously peanuts was picked up but it was also saying like I think it said eggs, tomato, oats, gluten uh, there was other things as well like lots of stuff so I was mm-hmm. like alright fine I'll eliminate all of those things for 14 days nothing happened <laughs> <laughs> so that's a like that's a test that it that was like quite highly reviewed lots of people had used it said they'd had good results with it came back and showed a range of allergies and intolerances, which I think are, are different things, mm-hmm. an important distinction. On removing them, going through a pretty difficult 14-day period of trying to navigate, like making sure, am I giving this a fair run? I didn't notice, certainly noticed nothing from a cognitive performance, mental performance, physical performance, body composition perspective. Now, that doesn't mean that there's nothing going on at a deep biological level. It's more that I think you have to just pick your battles with this stuff because <laughs> deciding to remove all of those things from your diet, it makes logical sense that there has to be a big payoff 
to go through that for the rest of yeah, your life. You need to look at the cost benefit. And if you're stopping eggs, tomatoes, oats, gluten, and yeah. what was the other one? Well, I mean, peanuts. peanuts. And but, peanuts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, fine with peanuts. Mm. Well, because, <laughs> because the, the payoff because is not would... dying. So, so yeah, <laughs> so with, with peanuts, eating them means death. Mm. Not eating them means living. Or it means initiating the death process, doesn't it? Initi- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas all of the others means that the cost is social inconvenience, changing of your habits, mm. um, and, well... I, I think just a, just a worse life, just like a less enjoyment. More restrictive, mm. yeah, restrictive diet and worse life. And the benefit, if it's imperceptible... Like, yes, as you said, there may be some pathway being activated at the low level, but really, is it going to improve your quality of life beyond that which is detracted from having to not eat those foods? That's muddied, unfortunately, by people who receive a benefit, a personal benefit from feeling like they're doing something. Right. And and I'm not... We're not invalidating any of these people who have stopped gluten and lost loads of weight. Yes, it certainly did a good thing for them. I think the the key there is to say is to really look at what's actually happened there of I lost weight because I stopped eating naughty foods and I had to start eating higher uh, higher volume lower calorie more filling foods as a result so just go straight for that <laughs> don't <laughs> yeah don't attribute it to a third thing which is more complex to follow it's allow all- yourself to eat gluten if you want to if it's in um, a filling food form that you like. That you like. It, we, what we were saying a few weeks ago of how we would trust a statistician with our diet more than a lot of coaches. <laughs> I think if you if you so I, I think this is the same with anybody who I'm saying get get your granddad to coach you, wasn't it? Yeah, good because old granddad. It, there'll, there'll be no fuss. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember speaking to so my gran lived till she was ninety nine, ninety eight. I remember like interviewing her a few years ago and saying, like, Graham, what do you feel are the keys to living like in, late into your 90s? Um, and she said, well, you know, my diet when I was younger was a very heavy diet, lots of cream, butter, um, lots of cakes and full big meals. I'm like, thanks, Graham. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Just can fit. Like, you know, there's no, well, well. It was the aloe vera that I had, and uh, you know, well, I, I used to fast for weeks on end. <laughs> it was just no fuss, no nonsense. It's true, and you you see people that. That's like, not to say that like she's got the right answer and everyone else is wrong, mm. but it. But yeah, it, it is funny when you see like a um, you know like a hundred and ten year old man <laughs> like I've smoked for the last eighty two years <laughs> since I was twelve. Uh, well, well, none of these new fungal cigarettes, you know, <laughs> you know, no filters, none of that. <laughs> yeah, just like just mainlining tobacco, basically. So the yeah, and I think the the benefit that people get from identifying with it and it, be, mm. it being a sense of uh, individuality is another thing. You know, we we got an email a while ago from someone that said, "I want to sign up with one of your programs, but unfortunately, you guys don't accommodate for my allergies <laughs> because I'm allergic to meat." chlorophyll oh yeah and gluten he's like right so you're allergic to plants and animals <laughs> and she was like the only thing that i can eat is this particular brand of white salted pretzels didn't you, know, you like, look up meat allergy as well yeah so i, lo- well, I looked at so like looked up salt the salted pretzels which 
obviously have gluten in. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> the meat allergy, there is a there is a genetic mutation in the ability to process meat that is extremely rare, and mainly I think it mainly occurs in monkeys. Wow. I don't know if there's a human variant of it, but so there's that, and then chlorophyll. So, so like, let's say if you're allergic to meat, that means you can only then eat plants. plants. Yeah. And if she's allergic to that as well. What are you consuming? Mm. So purely I, processed, like highly processed food. It's the, just sugar. I yeah. Suppose. Yeah. So I, I responded saying like, uh, you know, stop you... emailing us. <laughs> <laughs> Bolded, italicized. No, it didn't. Uses very, uses very accommodating. <laughs> well, I, I said, you know, we, we would have loved to coach you, but I, I think really you'll get the highest yield from seeing a nutritional counselor from getting some mm. psychiatric help really. Cause this is, uh, Something that needs to be so attended to. A long first. way down the rabbit hole, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but anyway, so what I, the, the reason I the reason I brought up the, what my grand said was simply that, like, there are examples of people who keep things bare bones simple and it's fine. <laughs> and I think like the approach we take and the reason I mentioned the statistician is, it makes no sense logically to make things complex from day one, because if it all works, let's say you try eliminating gluten as like I'm, a st- I'm going on a diet on Monday. I'm not. I'm not going to eat any gluten. I'm also going to control my calories, eat more protein, mm. start training, improve my sleep. I'll try these supplements. Great. If it works, was it the gluten? Was it the supplements? You changed was fifty the, variables at once, it, and some of which are more inconvenient than others. So if you're going to change a bunch of variables, at least change the ones that are the least impactful in uh, that, that have the least uh, inconvenience factor yeah. for your life. Well, because what you're saying, if you start a diet on Monday with the gluten clause in it... Everyone starts the diet on Monday, don't they? Well, you have to. Diet starts on Monday. (laughs) I think really what you are saying to yourself, and you should really seriously consider this, is by doing that, unless it doesn't work, I'm signing myself up for a life of living as a celiac would live. And if, if you're completely comfortable with that as like a choice that you want to... Like, that's something you're actively saying, I'd love to live a life like that. Fine. Oh, but Johnny, there's loads of restaurants now that do gluten-free <laughs> options. Well, yeah, you well, yeah, don't but want to that, go to those but, restaurants. Well, no, but they're the only restaurants you'd be able to go to mm. because you are, you're celiac. And you'll pay through the nose for it and you'll eat a really horrible... If, if, have you ever tried gluten-free bread? Yeah. It's like rubberized, isn't it? Rubberized. It's like, it's like eating bitumen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Ch- chipboard. It, yeah, it's just... Everything, gluten-free pasta, none of it's as nice as having gluten in. I have had gluten-free pasta, and it, because it, so it was bought by my mum, who is an absolute bro scientist. And, <laughs> in and, the bro labs. Yeah, she just was like, oh, it's, it's, it's gluten-free, it's healthy, because I got it from the health food shop. I'm like, All right. I love bro scientist, I don't know why, I've never heard that before. You hear bro science, but never like, someone being... she's a practicing professional bro scientist. <laughs> so, doesn't she buy like NO Explode and stuff? Did she buy uh, you? Did some, she? she bought you something. She might have years ago. Brilliant. Yeah. I think my brother had it. He was like, oh, great. Um, he was also a bro scientist. He <laughs> loves beta alanine because he can feel it working. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Fine. <laughs> because there's a really logical line of reasoning there. I can feel it working. Yeah. I'll train hard like, enough. Why are you taking Maximus or Thermobol? I don't really know. It sounds good. Dickhead. Why are you taking Peter Allen? Because my face tingles. Okay. (laughs) 
fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't tell him because I thought some, it's not telling him Santa Claus isn't yeah. real. Like, and just, he's he's made up, isn't he? He's happy. well, he's getting a benefit. I mean, we know that. Like, if you give someone a bunch of, even if you write on it, <laughs> so you can get someone to make pills of their own, make their own sugar pills, and then write memory enhancer on the pills. It's <laughs> still benefit, and it still gets benefits. Even if it, not only is it placebo, but you know it's placebo. You made it. It still works. So Just it's such a reliable thing. Yeah. Like what? Imagine if it is memory enhancing. That's it. That's all you got to think. Exactly. Um, so what were we saying? See, mum in the bro labs in oh yeah, bro just scienceville, gluten free. Oh yeah, pasta, uh, pasta, and it, it just there's no resistance to it, and mm. I feel like people like pasta al dente because you bite into it and there's a bit of rub, bit of kind of because um, it's glutenless. Because it weighs yeah. the gluten. The, the yeah. like, <laughs> in fact, I'm going to include a third video in the show notes. Is that where they ask people what's gluten? No, but that's uh, fine. I'll add that too. Um, you know, they, it's, is it like in California or something? They go around going. You, yeah. Do you eat gluten? Oh no, no, no. Do you know what gluten is? And then they asked them like, "What's it? What is it food is it in?" And they didn't know. And yeah, so people think that gluten's only in bread, for example. So gluten, it, the the video is just someone making dough or showing the different types of flour of gluten depleted and gluten enriched flour, and how basically gluten is the thing which allows the which creates the texture of bread. So that nice kind of um, I want to say gooey mm. texture, bready, bready texture. Yeah, and the more gluten in it, the more so something like a baguette, <coughs> nice and gluteny because mm. it's it's got mm. the bubbles and it's. Mm. Whereas a cake, sponge cake, low gluten mm. because it crumbles away. It doesn't so come together well. Pastry in like a pan of raisin, gluten depleted. A pan of raisin. Pan of raisin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pain orcs raisin. <laughs> Pas de raisin, s'il vous plaît. Croissant. Croissant. I was talking to a Frenchman the other day and I was saying loads of racist, stereotypical. Oh, sac au bleu. Malheureusement. And he was like, nobody says that, man. Like, we don't. Yeah. We don't say sac au bleu. Well, because it's like, it's this stereotypical. Like, oh, oh bloody hell. You know. <laughs> you bastard. Yeah. Yeah. So. So it's a protein, right? Yep, peptide. And so, it's basically what binds the the bread and makes it bready. Bins it. Bins. Are you Bin. just mispronouncing? <laughs> so, take mouth. The the, the uh, reminder on my phone that goes off every day at eleven p.m. Oh, yeah. For those for those who've tolerated our segway, segway, we have take fluff. Mouth. You get now. I get a treat, and here it is. Here's the treat. So. After listening to the Oxygen Advantage audiobook, which is a respiratory physician that claims to have cured his own asthma through breathing techniques. Uh, asthma. Asthma, which I'm lecturing on tonight. You're lecturing on asthma? Yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I'm just full of surprises. Um, so, he, yeah, he, he talks about nostril, nose breathing as superior to mouth breathing because it it pushes you more in, in it, it, there's more vagal modulation, vagus nerve stimula stimulation with it. So it puts you into a more rest and digest parasympathetic dominant state, which is better for when you're sleeping as well. So he suggests getting a small bit of tape, taping your mouth shut when you go to sleep to force you to breathe through your nose. Mm. So I, I did it once and I was like, okay, I'll keep trying this and then kept forgetting 
So now I've set the reminder, but it never coincides with when I go to bed. Why don't you just get a roll of tape and put it on your bedside table? That is an excellent idea, Johnny. Seriously? <laughs> I, I don't, Seriously? I don't have a bedside table, which is a problem. So, mm-hmm. so maybe I should... Okay, I'll get a bedside table. So I'm really consistent with ZMA. Because it's next to your bed. Mm-hmm. See, this is... Listen to our podcast with DeNovo Nutrition. Make the good decisions easy and the bad decisions hard. Creating a, an architecture around your life that, allow, that makes decisions as just instinctual rather than you have to think about it. I can't believe... You've just solved my tape-mouth problem, Johnny. No, <laughs> no more stup- no more embarrassing uh, phone reminders. Because also it makes me look like a creep serial killer. Yeah. Like, if that goes off, people are like... Because it doesn't say my mouth, does yeah. it? It just says mouth. Tape-mouth. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, please send us an email. Admin at propanefitness.com with tape-mouth. <laughs> Would really appreciate it. <laughs> or on Instagram. I don't, I don't know why we do this. We, we, we ask people to send us a, an email. We, I mean, we, and we get email. The problem is, by the time the podcasts are released, we get an email with a really cryptic message. And we're like, what? It's because we just talk a load of crass for 40 minutes and test whether anyone's still listening. That's basically it. A load of tosh. Speaking of talking crass for 40 Tripe. minutes, we are at 35 minutes, 47. Eight. 49, 50. 50. So we're going to leave it there. Let us know your thoughts on allergies. If, if you think we're being unfair to you about your lactose intolerance, if, then let us know. If. In fact, you know what? You'll have to tune into the next episode to find out the answer to this. <coughs> He's just having an asthma attack from the emotional stress. <laughs> um, Good if, reference. If, thank you. I'll tell you what Michael McIntyre does with his comedy, if you noticed. At the very end of his what sketch. Called he, callbacks. Yeah. Um... If you could write a message, this is a Tim Ferriss question, write a message on a billboard that everybody would see, what would that message be? Tape, man. (laughs) 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 To find out his real answer, listen in next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. Just a short reminder, if you're listening to this, driving in your car, and you're thinking, man, I really wish I had a reference that they made in minute five or ten or whatever to that thing that they were talking about. Well, we put together show notes for these podcasts every single week. We give you timestamps. We give you links to things we talk about. And we also give chances to grab free things bonuses etc so head over to propanefitness.com and grab the show notes for this episode over there also if you want to be notified of these podcasts when they come out if you want free subscribe subscriber only benefits stick your email address in and grab our free downloads one of the many free downloads if you go to propanefitness.com and the homepage. There's a big red banner on the top of the website. Pick up that free ebook, that free download, and we'll send you emails whenever a new podcast is available. Just one short reminder as well. As you are a podcast listener, you have access to our exclusive free gift that is available nowhere else. And that is at propinfitness.com forward slash gift. <laughs>